Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. I mean, really, no fear. If I, if I could have that half of my life, no fear. Lots of children have no fear. That's the closest way, that's the only way I can describe it. That's not all of it, but it is something to really, really feel. Mm, Nina Simone, today would have been her birthday. Uh, she lived, she made transition. Um, when did she make transition? 2003. She was born this day in 1933 in Tryon, North Carolina. And what is freedom? What is freedom? Mm, that was powerful. Uh, welcome back. Today also is the uh, the anniversary of the commemoration of the assassination of Malcolm X. And joining me is the son of the great Marcus Garvey. He is a vascular surgeon. Um, and there's a petition again to clear his father's name, to mm-hmm. pardon him. And uh, we've all signed it here and we're going to challenge and ask everyone listening to my voice to sign it. We're going to tweet it out. But let me welcome back to the show, Dr. Julius Garvey. Hi. Hi. Um, it's indeed a pleasure for me to be with you. Um, can I just uh, take off on those, those few words you, you just mentioned there? Because I heard somebody saying, what does freedom mean? And it means um, freedom from fear. And, and quite frankly, that, that's a very, very nice way to, to encapsulate what freedom means. Because when, when you've reached that place in yourself, that, that you no longer have fear for your, your physical comforts or your physical body, then you're, you've touched the spiritual plane and nobody can turn that back. And you can do whatever it is that you think is appropriate under the circumstances. And I want to segue into Brother Malcolm because he also had no fear. And he was a very spiritual person. And, and, and that's where he was from because he knew what was going to happen to him. He knew he was going to die. He knew they were going to, to kill him, but he had no fear. And, and he walked straight into that. And, and I think, you know, again, segueing back to my dad, he also had no fear. They tried to kill him in, in 1919. Somebody came into the office and fired four bullets. They grazed him, but, but didn't kill him. And of course, if, you know, the, the person who did it was captured by the office and the police but they committed suicide in jail in the first 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody sent him. But my dad always said, you know, would I not die a million times for you? And that's what leadership is all about, um, having no fear. And, and when you master yourself to that extent, then you're your own leader and, and you have no fear. And that's true freedom. It saddens me that 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 people can be taken out and movements along with them, you know, mm-hmm. although your father gave birth to there wouldn't be a Malcolm because it wouldn't have been an Elijah because it wouldn't have been, you know, without your father, um, Malcolm's mm-hmm. parents were followers of Malcolm of, of your father, Marcus Garvey's movement, um, Queen Mother Moore. Like there have been so many birthings mm-hmm. of your father's vision and i was asking mm-hmm. you off mic you know we were talking also about the lunch counters being integrated in america and how the urban league was responsible for training people how to endure the the slights and the brutality that they would would face 
and, and yeah. juxtaposing it to Jawan Howard, who yesterday uh, put, you know, after somebody touched him, you know, a melee broke out a little bit and he slapped uh, an assistant coach. And now, you know, they're calling for his job. But I'm saying it should never have gotten to that point because we we have to know that there's there's always a scheme to up in any anything, anything that looks like progress in this country. So mm-hmm. where would your father have sat? Um, wh- where would he have been had he been allowed to stay in this country and continue the things that he wanted to, to do? Well, uh, to begin with, you know, um, uh, he, he was very uh, uh, mindful of, of self-discipline. And, and um, you had to be master of yourself. And, and he was that. He was master of himself. And, and, and even, of course, when he had disagreements with people, if you, if you see the language in which he spoke, you know that he was master of the word that he spoke. And it was deliberate um, to do maximum damage if the person was an enemy. So you can use your words in that way if you're master of yourself. You don't need to get to the physicality of it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, um, just as Brother Malcolm says, by any means necessary, there are situations where you have to be physical. You know, I don't think my father um, propagated nonviolence per se. It would depend on your circumstances, because don't forget, he also had the African Legion as part of the UNIA ACL. So again, like Malcolm, it was by any means necessary. He was willing to negotiate. But primarily, he was about our own business, meaning that, you know, keep your eyes on the prize and do what it is that is necessary for you to move forward uh, step by step, as opposed to getting engaged in the opposition. Now, you know, you transcend that which is opposed to you. You don't have to fight it in an all-out struggle. So it's about transcendence, and you can only transcend the physical circumstances through that spiritual understanding or spiritual mastering of your mind and body. So, so that's what it's all about. And unfortunately, we, we have not developed that sort of uh, systematic approach to, to our, the raising of, of our youth, because again, we don't have that type of educational process you know, under our own uh, jurisdiction. We're talking with uh, Dr. Julius Garvey. Uh, you were born the same year as Nina Simone. I was just looking at that. I was like, okay. Yeah, I saw, I, 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 well, <laughs> I recognize that when you said it, it was like, wow, 1933. That was a very good year. Very good year. Very good year. Did you have the opportunity to spend time with, with um, Mark uh, Malcolm X? Uh, no, um, but, uh, you know, I, I do know his, his eldest daughter very, very well, you know, Ambassador Shabazz. We have traveled to Grenada together, and she's, uh, she's with me on this petition drive. You know, she has arranged for me to talk um, by Zoom to different colleges out there in L.A. So she's very much a part of, of the effort. And, and, you know, she's very much uh, cognizant of the fact that, you know, um, Malcolm and Marcus were on the same page. So, so we're kind of lockstep. She's my little sister. <laughs> I, I love it. Now, um, the petition, and it have been many iterations because I've signed at least three of them in okay. over the years. I remember, you know, you were on the show, what was it, like five uh, years ago? I'm not sure whether it's legal for you to sign three at the No, first different time. ones, different times. <laughs> uh, no, different times. It's not like voting, right? I mean, I'm just saying there's been color change. There have been different petitions to, to yeah. you know, um, 
overturned and and, and clear um, Marcus Garvey's name. And I remember yeah. we talked about this five, six years ago on my show. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, when o- President Obama was president, he could have yeah. done it. Right. We've talked when he was and it didn't require that much then. Now no. we need 100,000 signatures. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and there's no way because when you go to the White House website, there's no like counter to see how yeah. many people have signed it. So I'm I don't know how we hold them accountable because I feel like we should have 100,000 signatures already. Dr. Garvey, how do we hold the White House accountable? Well, in some sense, we, we, we can't unless they fess up, if you will, you know, because obviously they would have an internal count. Because, as you know, you, you get back a response from the president's office, you know, after you've signed a petition. You know, it's something about, you know, thank you for being concerned and keep in touch and that kind of stuff. So, so you know, it's recorded. But as you say, they don't give out the numbers, but it has to be recorded there. And there should be a way to retrieve it. We're trying to find that way at the present time, but we may not be successful. But, um, you know, we, we know the people who have... Um, Go on on our website, justiceforgarvey.org. We, we, we know that the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have gone there um, um, uh, to get the information, um, uh, the link uh, uh, to go to the president, uh, the White House and the president. So, so that's one way to count. So, so, so we, we, we have some means of, of knowing, um, you know, who the people were that asked for that information. So, so that, that, that's one count. If we don't get the other count, well, you know, we, we will still push based on the count that we have. And, you know, quite frankly, as you and I know, it doesn't really require a count, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we, we did it for, for, for President Obama when, when he was president. And, and um, you know, we, we, we delivered, you know, all the information, the legal information uh, about the trial and its illegality and its inconsistency and its injustice. And, and it was all there documented by the law firm, Aitken Gump, which is a Washington-based law firm, international law firm. And, and they broke the trial down and all of its inconsistency. It was placed on Obama's desk. So, you know, and it was, it, it was uh, taken there by somebody from the law firm. As a matter of fact, it was Vernon Jordan. And you know who Vernon Jordan is or was. He's dead now, I think, in the last year. But he placed it on the president's desk. So, you know, this is a major democratic figure, as you know who he is or was. So it's not that, I mean, uh, it wasn't there, you know, but action was not taken. So to say that it requires a certain number of signature is a little bit of, of a sham, Just, yeah. but we're going along with that. It's but disingenuous, I, I, I actually. I just want to say this, that, that if, if it's not done at this present time, you know, within this, this, this year, shall we say, uh, then, you know, it really says a, a lot about who Biden is. And we're tired of hypocrisy from leaders, um, um, you know, um, who claim uh, to be about justice, you know, because he has made statements about racial justice and so on. But if he does nothing, then he's nothing but a hypocrite. So we will hold him to that uh, if, if he does nothing. I, I was talking about, you know, Juneteenth. So we, today's President's Day. You know, we got Juneteenth, but we, you know, Election Day is not a holiday. Why not? You know, it's like it, there's all of these kind of mixed messages. We want to celebrate the presidents that get elected, but we don't want to give you the power to just vote and make it easy for everybody. 
so it's weird, right? And I think about exonerating Marcus Garvey. Like, what will that do? What will that do for you? What will that do for your family? What will that do for your legacy? What will that do for black people across the globe? Well, you know, it's funny that you just thought I hit on something. You know, what about the Voting Rights Act of, of 1965? You, you, you know, what does it say when people are gerrymandering and um, trying to prevent uh, African-Americans from voting? What does it say about the system? What does it say about the Congress? You know, what, what does it say about the presidency? Um, in, if this is not a direct blow at democracy, and it's the same thing, you know, about reparations, and it's the same thing about Marcus Garvey. Um, you cannot have an injustice that is festering and festering and festering for 100 years, and you don't correct it. And then you hypocritically say that you have a democracy, you, you know, where all of your citizens are equal. That's, that's a lie. There's nothing exceptional about a democracy like that. If anything, it's exceptionally unjust and it's except, uh, exceptionally cruel because it destroys people, it destroys their reputation, and it criminalizes them. Period. Um, for you, it's personal. You know. I, it, well, it's, it, it's personal and it's, it's collective because, you know, I'm not just me, I'm an African. You know, so, so wherever I go, I'm an African. So I, I, I carry Africa with me, you know, and I represent Africa wherever I go and I behave accordingly. I would never let anybody trample on me because I'm an African. So I stand up for Africa. Now, that's what my dad did. And that's what he taught me. So 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 it, it, it's personal. Yes, but it's collective. This is a slap at African people. Don't forget, he had six million followers and he said he represented 400 million. So that's a slap at African people when you criminalize their, their leader. Eight, six, so six, this, eight. Is, this is justice for African people worldwide. That's my uh, take on it. We're talking with Dr. Julius Garvey. Uh, the hashtag is pardon Marcus Garvey. Pardon Marcus Garvey. Uh, justice, the number four Garvey dot org is where you can get all the information about how to go about petitioning uh, this White House. But as Dr. Garvey uh, just pointed out, they know Joe Biden, President Joe Biden was Vice President Joe Biden when Vernon Jordan delivered uh, all of the information to President Barack Obama, and he chose not to, and he could have with the stroke of a pen. Am, am I correct, uh, Doctor Garvey? With the stroke Absolutely. of a pen. With the stroke of a pen. That's that's the presidential prerogative. You know, at the same time, you know, going through the Congress is, is HR one forty eight put there by Yvette Clark. You know, um, the, the congresswoman from New York asking for the exoneration of Marcus Garvey. But that has to, to, to go through the House Judiciary Committee, et cetera, et cetera. But what we are talking about, this petition, you know, to, to deliver a posthumous pardon to Marcus Garvey that says that the trial was unjust and he committed no crime. Um, the president can do it with the stroke of a pen. So why wouldn't he? Like what's what's politically what what will he you know, like people make these moves or don't make these moves because, I you know, mm -hmm. I feel like Barack Obama didn't do a lot of things because he was the first black president. And he did not want because yeah. he was the president of the United States. He did not want it to appear that he mm -hmm. was giving any preferential treatment to black people. So President Barack Obama, black man, partnering Marcus Garvey would set off white America to say, see, but what's funny about that is they said it anyway. 
You wore a tan suit. They had a problem with that. Anything you did. Trayvon Martin, who just, you know, we just commemorated his killing. And then a few weeks mm-hmm. before that, his birthday, you say that could have been my son, which it could have been. He looked like he could have been his son. You get excoriated for that. Skip Gates gets arrested in front of his home. You got to have a beer gate. Like this man, <laughs> everywhere he stepped, it was a landmine. So I'm like, step on everything, blow it up. Like you, they, they're not going to, to like you or support you anyway. They said from the door they want to make you a one-term president, and they were working really hard to make sure that happened. You might as well exonerate everybody. I would have. Asada Shakur, I would have exonerated. I just would have been handing out pardons my first, because I don't know when I'm going to have another chance to do that. That's what I would have done. But I'm not. I would never be president. They're gonna kill you. <laughs> Probably right. So so then it goes back to that question of fear that Nina Simone talked yeah. about, right? So yeah. is it more important? And I guess yeah, being alive is important. <laughs> but at what cost? If your life adds no value and changes nothing, if you're gonna be in leadership and you change nothing, if we four mm-hmm. eight years after you're gone go right back or it's worse, what mm-hmm. was the point? What was the point? That's an excellent question, and it's not up to me to answer it. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, it's a rhetorical question, but each person has to look at themselves. And again, we, we go back to what we started at the top of the show about fear, you know, in terms of, 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 of personal injury and, and death. And, and if you can't get beyond that, then you really can't be a leader. And you, you can't be your true self because your true, true self is not just what you do physically. It's, it's what your soul tells your mind to motivate your physical self to do. And that's what you're judged at uh, eventually. And, and I do believe in, in, in judgment in that sense. Um, you know, part of the judgment is your own judgment. But, but, but I do believe that there's a creator that sent us here and, and the creator sent us here for a purpose. And if you don't deliver the purpose, then you get to go around another time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until you get it right. Now, you know, some people get it right and, and, and some people don't. Unfortunately, we're in a cycle of time where there's a great deal of evil, as you and I know, specifically over the last 500 years. So, you know, for that cycle of, of, of time to, to be changed, it depends on us and those who are fearless. And those who can see beyond beyond the obstacles, and that's why it's so important for us uh, to educate ourselves and to teach uh, you know, ourselves the history uh, of where we came from in terms of before slavery, of, of, of us being the first human beings, of us the first civilization that lasted for three thousand years. Therefore, we knew the principles of living and and the relationship with, between human beings as well as the relationship between human beings and the environment. And we see that what has happened now in the last, you know, 500 years of the dominance of Europe, the planet is being destroyed. How many people have been killed? You know, we're about to, we're about to embark upon probably a whole lot more people being killed right now. We're on the precipice of that. Exactly. You can't, you can't solve a problem without going to war. You know, you can't sit down, you know, with other people, respect them and, and honor them, you, you know, and give them their due and you take your due. No, you want to dominate the world. And that is the cycle now that has to change. It has to go down for a new cycle to come up. And for me, the new cycle is African humanism, because that's the old cycle that we, we came from. We put human beings first, not material things first. So material this, this uh, um, scientific materialism, it's over uh, uh, as a paradigm. 
and we need the paradigm of African humanism. I couldn't agree more. I'd love to have you come back and just talk about that. But right now it's justice for Garvey. Dr. Garvey, thank you. You have an open seat here. You know that. I love you. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.